You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm your host, Judy Gold. Just want to say before we start, I can't deal with any more legendary comedians who are the nicest people in the world dying. So today we have the beautiful, wonderful Laura Lee Abbey, part two of my interview with her. I hope you enjoy. Let's go back because when did you start writing in the diary? My whole life, I, I have journals from when I was like 9, 10, 11, 12, you know, forever and ever. And you wrote every single day? Almost. Yeah, most days. Okay. And a lot of it's boring. Like a 12-year-old's journal, let me tell you, is right. chock full of nothing. Have you reread all of these journals? No. Oh, no. okay. Okay. So, you know, you'd have this idea for this podcast, right? Uh, or you heard about this podcast and were like, oh, yeah, this is me. This is me. So you go back, okay, where 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 do you start? What age do you start reading your... So I knew that things were pretty boring up until I was probably 16 or so. That's when, you know, I started drinking and wanting, to, you know, to hook up with guys. And so anything before that, and I was, I guess I was a late bloomer. Um, I don't know. Were kids having sex and drinking before then? Yes, they were, at least in right. my school. Well, um, in my school too, when I was. Yeah. yeah. So I was, you know, a good girl for a while. And so I was like, okay, I'll start kind of looking through like 16, 17. And, and the more I looked through, the more I was like, holy shit. Like, I, what the fuck was I up to? Like, I thought everything was just so boring and I didn't do anything. Right, and right. it turns out that there was just a lot going on. I was having my first sexual experiences and I Yeah, was this at the at the like I want to hear about the country club. Yeah. So they some of them were at the country club. I can't give too much away. Um, you gotta listen to the podcast. But yeah, so I one of my friends was working at the country club and she was like, Yeah, everybody just gets drunk. Like when the weddings are over, it's so crazy there. And we make so, you know, what do you want when you're a teenager? You want to make money, you want to have freedom. And so they were making like $10 an hour and then they were getting tipped. Wow, that's great. It was a ridiculous amount of money for, I was 15 actually when I started. They just let anybody work there back then. So she was like, okay, I'll see if I can get you a job. And that was the thing. Everyone had to be kind of mean to the new people and act like they couldn't get you a job because they wanted only like, you know, their friends working. Right. So they hired me and I started What was your first job? A wedding. I like just walked in and we had to wear like, Black skirt, red cummerbund, red bow tie. Oh God! So I'm a five eleven girl. I'm not skinny, big boobs. This is how I'm dressed. Like it's not. Oh my God! The guys must have been fucking sexually harassing you at these weddings. Oh, one hundred percent. Yes. Like men, like men, men in their forties. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Oh yeah. Like 
touching you and you know, smiling. Hey, sweetheart. Hey, yep. sweetheart. Can you get me another? Oh fuck! I want to punch yeah. them all in the fucking face. They were. It was. It was awful. But we were. You know, we were young and ooh, male attention and right, right. What yeah. was the clientele at the country club? They like, were all. They were rich. Like, the wealthy, yeah, it was in this, the town is called, no, I'm not, probably not allowed to say the name of the town. I don't oh, come on. All uh, right. And, and um, yeah, so in like the three village area, it was this really wealthy, they all lived on the water. Um, They were, you know, they played tennis. I remember my dentist was a member and him coming into the kitchen one day to buy weed off of one of the kitchen guys. And I was like, oh what? my God. Like, what? my dentist smokes weed. And now I'm like, what an idiot you were. You're so naive. Right. But, um, yeah. So it was just, you know, talk of like, who's having an affair with who. And when you are in this world of the country club and then you're like, I mean, this is your first foray into another world, Mm -hmm. you know, that you were never going to enter into unless you got this fucking job. right? Right. So you worked, you were like waiting. T- was that what you were doing? Like what? Yes. Was it yes. A general? As a waitress. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the other people who worked there, were they in high school? Were they in college? Like, Yeah. What- most of us were in high school. There were some college kids who would come home for, you know, summer and the holidays and everyone would come back to work. Cause why wouldn't you? It was just so, so much money and everyone just got drunk together. And you know, the management at the, when I first got hired, like the manager was probably in his mid forties and he was kind of a drunk. Sometimes he would pass out in the middle of the wedding up in his office. And so we would just be like, okay, party time, like whatever. What? Yeah. Oh my God. It was, what? it was fun. It was fun. Of course. It was fun. Um, it was fun. Can you just tell me one like sexual harassment thing that happened? Um, well, not to me, but one of the, one of the, um, guys in management was sleeping with one of the young girls that worked there with me. And then I think who was in high school. She was a little older than me. So she was probably in like first year of college. Um, and so that was a scandal. I think they both got fired for that. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was just a lot of that, a lot of that going on. The members and the staff didn't really, we all kept to our separate did you know the like gossip between the members and like the guys who were cheating on their wives and the wives who were cheating on the husbands? Yeah, we knew that- a lot. It, I think that was my first lesson in life as to people will just do whatever the hell they want right in front of you. And you can just be who you are and nobody seems to care and you don't get right. caught. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird when you get older and you realize everyone's a fucking, like I've realized everyone's a fucking asshole liar. Yeah. It makes you grow up. What do you think you learned from that experience about life, about um, life? That you can get away with whatever you want. I think that was one of my first lessons in. If you have. If you have money. If you have money. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So going back into your diaries at this time, I know that, you know, I don't know if that's the first episode where you have this, this guy, Nick in high school who, first of all, you end up calling him. He sounds like such a great guy. He's such a Uh, great guy. Yeah. My wife is like, Oh, we're talking about Nick again. (laughs) So over it. (laughs) Um, yeah, he was a a friend of mine and you know, all these years go by and you forget. And my friends are like, who are you talking? Who was this guy that you say you have? So he wasn't popular. No, he wasn't popular. 
And how were you, you were just friendly with him in school? What, and you, we were just, yeah, we were friends, our group, you know, his group of guys and my group of girls, we would party together and hang out together. And we would go into the city together. The big, you know, we all love taking the train into the city to see shows or just go out. And you did know, you was- go buy weed in the city? Like I did at uh, Washington square park. Um, probably. I remember, I remember trying to taking a train to like a Dave Matthews concert once and we forgot to bring a bowl and my friend was making a bowl out of an apple. Uh, we did that too. Yeah. Uh, But you know, what's funny about that is that the weed you had was probably 10,000 times better than the fucking oregano we had. Um, so you have this friend, Nick, and you think, you think he's like, has feelings for you. Correct. I think or- he, yeah. And it's so funny because I was hopelessly, hopelessly insecure. I was too tall. I was too ugly. You know, I was that like typical cliche of a 17 year old girl who just was right. so insecure. And meanwhile, I would write about how I'm like, he has all these feelings for me. I don't know where I came up with that. And right. I think that it was maybe I had feelings for him a little bit. Right, right, um, right. Projecting. Yeah. And so I was like, I gotta, I gotta talk to him for this podcast and we gotta reconnect. And and it's so funny because there is a point where he voluntarily says, Well, I don't have any feelings for you. Like right at the beginning of right. the conversation. And I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, and, you look like an asshole, Laura. Right. But it's Oh, come on. But, and he's a child psychologist or psych, right? Yes. Uh huh. Yep. That is fucking, and he's married and has two kids. So, revisiting all of this shit, what was the thing that surprised you that you had forgotten about that you were like, oh my God? I think I felt really bad for my 17 year old self for having no confidence and just being insecure. And think, I didn't realize how much I would just like go get drunk at a party and hook up with whichever guy would have me. And I'm like, oh, I, I thought that most, I thought that behavior was really in college, but a lot of it, there was a lot really? of it in high school. Cause I was just like, you need to know how to give a blow job. So you're going to go do that at this party. Like right. nobody told me I needed to know how to give a blow job. It just in my own brain was like, if you're going to be a cool girl, you got to know how to do X, Y, and Z. Right. And so I think I was kind of shocked to be like, oh my God, you were insecure. You thought so little of yourself. You would hook up with these gross guys all the time, but you didn't think you were like pretty enough or smart enough to get the guys you were really interested in. And I just want to shake her and be like, you were like, you know, it took Yeah, of course. I just want to tell every young woman, like you're more than enough. And if you have some confidence, you can get literally anything you want. Just like ask for it, you know? And Um, I didn't know that. When you fooled around with guys, did you enjoy it? Like at this, were you like, Oh, this is normal. And I, cause I, I'm going to admit, like, being with a guy, it was the most unnatural. I'm definitely a total les, Kinsey <laughs> six. I love men. I mean, I had all these guy friends. I love guys. But I have no desire to touch that. Um, you know, when I talked to Elisa, she's like, no, I liked it. And I was like, um, Did you feel any, like, this is wrong. This doesn't feel right or anything like that. No, I was always, and I, I still find men attractive. I was always very attracted to them, but it was always just awkward. And maybe that was just because I was young and didn't, when you're insecure, you don't actually want someone really touching you, right? Right, and, right, right. Because you so, hate yourself. They were, yeah. And they were, they, they were teenage boys. So it was all 
you know, I wrote in my journal that it was all fun and that was great. And I did this and I did that. And I look back and I'm like, oh my God, you had zero orgasms. You did not feel good when they touched you. You didn't enjoy, like you just did this to do it, you know? And I didn't know how it's like when you ask someone, have you ever had an orgasm? They're like, I don't know. And it's like, you would, you wouldn't. Yeah. Know. Duh. All right. So what I think is interesting in the evolution of accepting yourself as bi or lesbian or gay, whatever, is that when I got to college, I had already been, you know, I already knew, um, I'd already experienced and I felt because it was 1980, I think a lot of gays of my generation, and you're lucky that you didn't have to experience this, knowing that you're gay, knowing that you're living a lot, like essentially living a lie or pretending to be someone else. I feel like a lot of gays of my generation had to try to be straight Mm -hmm. because it was the, the easier way to live. And so if, if you could then do it because otherwise your life is, and especially when the AIDS crisis hit, you know, and you don't get to have a normal, I remember my mom saying that once when we were teenagers, like I wouldn't mind if one of my kids was gay, but their life would be so much harder. Right. And, you know, I try, you know, of course I tried to be with guys cause I was in college and I was, you know, like you, you know, you feel this pressure and I like, I cannot tell you how it was just wrong. Like it was no, like yeah. I no get, a, you know, doesn't know. I mean, you're a nice guy. Great. Yeah. Um, And it's really funny because one of the guys who I was, I went on a couple of, like we were definitely, if I was, you know, straight or um, we would have fooled around, but we had, you know, went out to dinner and I used to hang out with him, but I never, you know, I was like, oh no, no, you know. I was performing in Provincetown. I perform all summer. And after one of my shows, he comes up to me. This is like a frat brother. Yeah. Um, He comes up to me. So he's got to be 59, 60. After the show with his boyfriend, he was married twice. His, His wife died. He got remarried. He has kids and stepkids. And he finally admitted to himself in his mid fifties. Isn't that crazy? Oh, isn't that fucking nuts? I wrote an article like that years ago. I was, I interviewed women who were like, you know, middle age, you know, thirties, forties, fifties, who were just coming out. And it was so interesting to talk to them because so many of them were just like, I wouldn't accept it. And I'm like, how did you get through this much life? Right. I, I was doing a show at Soul Drills, so and um in I guess in November or December, and uh there were these two women in their eighties. And one of them their sons was there, he was probably in his fifties or whatever, with his wife. And these women found each other and I have so many stories up here in Provincetown. We yeah. you know, we play tennis. These women in their seventies and eighties who all have kids and grandkids. Um, but couldn't live their true life until they were in their 60s. It's like fucking horrible, horrible. Um, And men could be bachelors way easier 
then women could be old maids, oh, you yes. know? And it's oh, like yeah. bachelor, old maid. Like those are the two fucking yeah. choices for the You're gender. right, there is no term. There's no clear right. term for- oh, Yeah, know. for a woman who's, you know. Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. For your podcast 17, I mean, first of all, how many episodes? It's eight episodes, have? but the first two drop together. Okay. Um, so you'll get episode one and two together. D- does it go through a certain age period? Are you doing a season two? Like, I mean, um, if you wrote every fucking day. Well, most days weren't that interesting. Right. So obviously we're picking the most interesting stuff that happened to me over the course of, so it's a little over a year, but it's generally when I was 17. So it's like my, it's my last year of high school. It ends with, with me basically leaving for college. Right. Um, So that's season one. Yeah. I mean, I, I have journals. I would love to, to do season two if, if it does well, so I can go on. Did you hear that people? Now (laughs) you, when you, you went to Emerson, um, and then uh, you also got a, an MFA in writing at the new school, right? Yes. Did you know you wanted to be a writer uh, when you got to Emerson? Yeah, I did that thing where I was a marketing major for a few months because I was like, you can't be a writing major. What does that right. mean? How will you ever have a career? And it turns out I was never going to have a career. So I switched right on over to um, to be a writing major. And my parents were supportive of it, which, you know, I could ring their necks for it. I'm like, I could be a nurse with a nice salary and benefits. Oh God, please don't talk to me about, like, I I was just telling a friend of mine, like, you know what I resent? 
you'll see when you get to this age, all these people who became doctors and lawyers or like hedge fund, you know, worked in the finance and they're all fucking loaded. And then they get to my age and they're like, concert piano. Like they were always, they had the talent, but didn't do it, but kept doing it as a hobby and now can just do it and be, oh, we started a band. And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from. And you fucking fuck. But then I was, you know, when I think back, could I have lived, you know, 30 years being in a miserable job? Right. So there's that. Whatever. Okay. So through your college, you know, you meet Sam. Now, Sam, I know we're not supposed to talk about her. She's adorable, by the way. And she owns a production company, which I don't know why I've never met her as a talent. Yeah. So she actually, she was in that world for a long time and now she has, she no longer owns the production company, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So she actually, so we graduated college. We, I moved out to LA with her in 2007. You went to the, I just want to say that during high, during college, you went abroad to the Netherlands. Yes. And um, where did you stay? What was the college you were associated with? This is why you need to go to Emerson College. They own a castle in the Netherlands called Castile Well. You live in a castle. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I lived in a castle and we just traveled like four days a week all over Europe. And there was I'm a moat. So fucking mad there was an right actual now. Moat. I would just like eat mushrooms. This is my kill me now. This is my yeah. kill me now moment of today. I can't. That's believe- one of the reasons I went there. I the, my first day at Emerson College, I wrote my application for the castle. You know what? My parents are dead, and um, rest in peace. But really, okay. So you lived in a fucking castle. I lived hate you so much. Oh, you yeah. fuck. Um, you went to Madrid. Sam met you in Madrid. You got yeah, which was another thing. Like, who just can fly to Madrid for a long weekend from Boston? That's when I should have known that she was crazy. Like, she came right. from a family that had was nothing like mine. Just flew right. to Madrid to visit me. Yeah, and you were completely in love. Um, you you wrote about your mother getting a call from the New York Times about they were doing some sort of article on parents of gays, which. Yes. When I read that, I was like, really? You know, someone wanted to interview her and she was just not comfortable. She didn't know what to say. But also it it was like, I remember when I was reading it and I was thought, first of all, who's writing an article about heterosexual parents with gay kids? Every fucking 99.9% of gay kids have heterosexual parents. parents. Like what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like I that think it was for a, a book, actually. I think a woman was writing a book. Oh, Probably because she had a gay kid and like didn't know. And needed to, oh, what it's like. And it's like, oh, shut the fuck up. Okay. You went to, uh, you went on your honeymoon to Southeast Asia? We did. Wow. Yeah, we went to um, China and Thailand and Cambodia and Vietnam. And it was Fucking insane. I wish I could do it again. Just leave my kids. You can't. You have no life for another 20 fucking years. Yeah. You, Sam proposed to you in Oregon. In Oregon. Yeah. How did you, you know, here's the thing as an old gay, who fucking proposes? Like, it's so like, we have to decide who's going to propose. Yeah. Well, um, Sam is so type A and insane and crazy that it's right. 
Cause you know, like a week before she proposed, my friends were like, when are, they knew it was coming. They're like, when are you guys gonna get married? I was right. like, I'm, fucking, I'm never fucking getting married. Blah, blah, blah. And they were like, Sam, don't do it. Like she's not ready. Um, so yeah. Oh my God. That's my so wife funny. is a control freak. She made my ring, she right. made her ring. Like she was ready to run. But you know what? That's never so good. Because yeah, I never would have. Yeah. But she does everything. You don't have to think. You're like, oh, done, done. You're, done. you're in the good position. I am. I know um, my friends complain about their husbands. I'm like, you should have married a crazy lesbian who handles Right. Shit. You talk about, y- y- you know, you have two kids. You did have fertility issues. You talk about the, Sam's mother who suddenly passed away, which, uh, you know, she was 26, I guess. Um and, you know, my father suddenly died when I was 27. It's it's really a, it changes you. There's like, I always say that life is a series of befores and afters. Yeah. And that's, that's a big after. It was big. Yeah. And, you know, it just makes your bond tighter, you know? And the fact that you got to know her mother, you know, I'm with Elisa um, and she never knew my father. And it's, it's. I, you know, and she hears stories and, you know, uh, yeah. but it, it, it will definitely bring you. Right. It was this thing that we didn't, you know, we had no idea her mom was going to die, but for some reason, when we got together, it was important. Like we had a day in the city with both our moms. We wanted them to meet. Like we, I was just with her mom all the time. So I, I love that when we tell stories to our kids, like I can tell stories, like right. I knew her and I can talk about her. And that just, you know, I feel really bad for people who, you know, her brother got married and his wife is wonderful, but she never, she never, she never met got mom Penny. Yeah. And, you know, it breaks my heart. Oh, um, you talk about fertility issues, uh, which happens to a lot of lesbians, I yep. think, because, you know, it turns out so- it's hard to get pregnant. And right. when, you, when you don't have a penis involved, it's even harder when, when you don't have a penis and you're not drunk. So I used to have a joke about, you know, I talk about in, in, um, my show, 25 questions for a Jewish mother about our struggles. You know, it took Sharon 19 tries and it was about $35,000 at that point in 95. And it's, it's really crazy because I, I, I have this joke about, you know, it's not like we got drunk one night and dialed up the sperm bank. It's like yeah. the planning and, that went into it. Right. Yeah. And and also the, you've talked about, and this fucking angers me so much, you know, I, you talk about all the legal papers and, you know, y- you know, uh, protecting your relationship, uh, uh, legally, uh, which is, you know, we had to travel with birth certificates yeah. and adoption papers. Yeah, we just and, adopted our kids this past year because, right. you know, with the Supreme Court, I'm like, I'm not fucking but if you're married, Yeah, but if you're married, no. Th- no, wow. That's See, what, I feel like that's what a lot of queer couples think. Um, and it's not the case. Obviously, like we don't have families who are going to try to take our kids if something right. happens, but I'm like, why not protect ourselves? Like for, for, you know, a few thousand dollars, as much as it sucks, like get that extra protection. Right. If I'm alone with, with my little one, Simon, and something happens to him, you know, I'm not his biological parent, but I have those, you know, I adopted him. He's mine. So nobody can, I don't, we were very clear when we started a family, like nobody gets to fucking tell us like what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. So if it means we have to adopt our own kids, we'll adopt our own. That's what we did. Um, You know, and it sucks at at no point does it not suck, but it's called a second parent adoption. Yes. Um, 
a lot of people don't know that uh, one of the precedent-setting cases for that is Woody Allen. I've told this story before, um, but my ex, when we broke up, hadn't adopted my younger son, and we we were a precedent-setting case in the state of New York because, you know, I allowed her. Yeah. Uh, and it's just the hoops that we have to go through oh, are, yeah. and the fact that it's still happening is so fucking infuriating. And I've been saying stuff on stage about being entitled, and I think the definition of being entitled is never having to protest or have someone fight in front of the Supreme Court for your basic human rights. Basic um, human rights, yeah. I'm like, we had to have a social worker come check out our house so we can oh, adopt please. our own children. Right, they come in, I know, we did the same thing. It's But they do that with all adoptions, but it's fucking right. ridiculous when right. it's already your kid, you know. Right. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You are now a mother of Quinn and Simon. You live in the Hudson Valley in a fucking farmhouse. I hate you. Oh my um, God, I want to burn it down. It's why? Because everything breaks. You want an old house because it's charming and then you buy one and you're like, oh, I don't fucking know how to fix any of this. I need a brand <laughs> new house. <laughs> I need a new house. It's um, meant for people living in 2022. And you do, do you are, you teach, you're in a spinning instructor. So you are fucking athletic. So shut the fuck up. Um, you teach Yeah, but not cycling. in a coordinated way. Yeah, my wife and I own a fitness studio, which was a great call right before COVID. So that's been, you know. But aren't you doing online shit? Um, we did some for COVID, but now we're back. We're back in the studio and we have just been hanging on for dear life for the past year and a half. And how are the kids doing? Kids are great. I mean, if they cancel school, I'm going to rip all my hair out. But right I now, know. I feel so lucky that, yeah. you know, um, to have little ones right now is forget just, it. You've, it's just it's it's the normal insanity of parenting. Plus all of this extra just bullshit, constant bullshit. I'm like, no Zoom school like my he's five. He's not going to do Zoom school. So I'm like, Here's whatever the other thing. Yeah. The other thing is they lo- they lose all this stuff they learn by being social. Like, they're 100%. really, it's, it's horrible. It's yeah. I mean, stuff. my, my older one, he's five and he's at an independent school and they're literally outside. Like he was okay. in a snowsuit to go to school yesterday. It was 25 degrees out. And I'm like, if that's what gets him out of my house every day. Who cares? <laughs> I know. Let him be cold. Let um, him be cold. It'll make him stronger. Uh, yeah, I know. I feel it with Ben. You know, a lot of his b- basketball games are canceled, and now he has a fucking 
tournament this weekend and they I just looked online, no spectators. It's fucking Aww. awful. It is awful. Well, I wish you got I w- really want to meet you guys. Good luck with that podcast. It sounds fucking fascinating. Thank you. Um oh wait, Laura, I read that you lost an ear. Yeah. What the fuck? I did. I was hit by a car on the Upper <gasps> West Side in 2011. No way. He made an illegal turn. It was a black SUV and he uh, he, it was a hit and run. He tried to run. And so many people called, um, nine one one that they caught him over on the West side highway. No Thank fucking God, way. Cause, Cause that's how I got all my free surgeries, um, covered by his insurance. So thank God they caught him. Yeah. What a fucking asshole. So were you just crossing the street? I was crossing the street. I was in the crosswalk. I had the walk signal. Like I'm where, I'm what, what the street? Rules. This was on Central Park West and 86th because I was going to the bus stop and that's why so many people saw because I was go I was taking I had been nannying and I was getting on the bus to go to my bartending gig and and uh yeah I got hit never showed up at work my Sam was just like calling I was on the phone with her when it happened. So did your ear come off or did, uh, it mostly came off. So apparently what happened and I obviously have spotty memories is, um, they tried to sew it back on in the, um, hospital in the emergency room. And so, you know, my mom and my friends, by the time my parents got there from long Island, they were all kind of whispering, like, we think she's going to lose the ear. Don't tell her. Right. And I just was like, what's good. How's my ear? And they're like, it looks great. It was just this rotting mass on the side of my head for like but what- days. But it hadn't come off. It was just, did he hit you in the ear? I have no idea. He hit that side, but then I like flew through the air, (gasps) skidded on the ground. So I don't, I had like lacerations all over my face, but yeah, I didn't break any bones. Like, I don't know because every, like I actually spoke to a witness at the grand jury um, hearing and she was like, oh, you were dead in the street. I was covering my daughter's eyes because I knew no. that someone was getting a call that their daughter was dead. No, was like you flew through the air, you landed, like skidded through the street. So she was like, I just can't believe you're okay. I'm like, well, you know, four surgeries later, but yeah, it was, it was like a blessing and a curse, like losing an ears fucking weirdest. And it was were awful. They, okay. Now I'm going to ask really obnoxious questions. Uh, was the ear pierced? Yes. So you only have to buy one earring. That's a positive. <laughs> I made my plastic surgeon pierce my new ear and I fully regret it. Cause I don't wear earrings. Like why would I wear Oh earrings? my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, so is it, it's stupid. a new ear. Is it a new, it's a like, it's a, fake... a new ear. It's a fake ear. So it's, oh, made it's cute. Of, I it's love it. Cartilage from my rib cage. And then, uh-huh. um, they took a, um, what is it called? A skin graft from my butt. Cause he wanted to do it for my torso. And I was like, no, do it from my butt. And right. then a skin graft from my other ear. Um, Isn't it amazing? What they can do. Yeah. And can you hear out of that ear? Yeah. My hearing was always fine. Ah, that's fucking, cr- God, Sam must've been freaking the fuck out. Her mom had been dead for like three months and then that happened. So we were like, oh, the universe doesn't owe you anything. Actually the universe. Will wow. Poor thing. Tell yeah, Sam. I, I, yeah. I that was a tough time for her. For her. Yeah. Um, and then you recovered fully and you were back to your bartending job. That I don't, did I ever go back? Probably. Yeah. I want to be a bartender. I, I, I was like, a, a I was like a waitress bartender. And that was another, another bar where I could just drink all the time. Those things weren't good for me. Yeah. I delete no. that. I delete that life. Um, well, I'm glad you have a new ear. Thanks. Yeah. Now I ask my, my guests two questions. Every guest gets asked these questions. Number one, we are very pro mental health. 
Uh, we're starting 2022. And I just want to say, I fucking hate the beginning of January because it's so like, <laughs> wait, what am I doing? You know, I'm a Jew and Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year. And it's in the fall. It's usually in September, sometimes October. And to me, honestly, that is the real New Year. I really feel like, okay, yeah. it's a new season. You know, it's when school begins. It's also, you know, Yom Kippur is a time where you sit and think about everything you did that year. And, you know, there's yep. all these traditions. And I do feel like that is the new year. This January shit where you're like, holidays, 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 holidays. And then... And then you're supposed to be a brand new you right after those holidays. Right. And it's yep. so depressing. The weather sucks. It's mm -hmm. fucking shit. I hate this whole beginning of January shit. So... What do you do for your mental health? I'm on, uh, as everyone knows, antidepressants. I suffer from ADHD and depression and OCD and eating my fingers. Um, <laughs> what do you do for your mental health? I, um, I journal, um, which is just, I try, I've tried to get back into just the daily writing, whatever, um, which I think helps kind of let me go back through, even right. if it's just a boring day, like just talk about the kids or talk about my feelings. Um, and this sounds so bullshitty. I hate that this is what I'm going to say, but it's like, I go crazy if I don't exercise. Like if no, I- No, that's just, good. I, same way. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like one of those people because I'll also come home and eat like seven cookies. Like I am not one of those. I, I, I just like to physically do something. Like if I'm having a shitty day, my wife is like, just please go for a run. Just please. So you can deal with this, you know? So it's like, no, exercise, she's right. Sweat she's right. it out. I like, do the same thing. If I don't exercise, and a lot of people have said that they exercise, meditate, but I know, you know, I was a runner, um, which is why I can't fucking walk anymore. And, it, it, you know, the endorphins are so, and just getting outside and being, yeah. yes, very important. Exercise yes. is very important. The podcast is called Kill Me Now because I literally get so overly annoyed about the stupidest things. And, um, I want to know what pisses you off more than anything. And it like makes you fucking crazy. This is a tough question because it turns out I am just a crotchety bitch and everything makes me crazy. I was, my wife's like, well, when I do this, when I do that, I'm like, okay, well, everything you do makes me crazy. But you know, we were flying, um, we took the boys to Florida over, um, the holiday break and oh. it was a disaster. Um, flying was a bad idea, but when people just like, there are zones and everyone fucking lies oh. in front of the gate. Oh, like, why are you storming oh. the gate? And then you oh. land and they all stand up and grab their shit. Like you're not going to go out one row at a time. So the way people behave, oh, like, anything to do with travel, I cannot. Okay. So Here's a couple of things, because I travel all the time. I I know this is snotty, but I travel JetBlue and I'm mosaic, okay? So I know when I am getting on that plane. I know that it's going to be, you know, you know, people in wheelchairs, people with disabilities, people um, traveling with babies, and then, you know, the armed forces, you know. Then I know I'm next. Yes. I'm next. So I will stand close. And these people are like trying to fuck. And it's like, fuck you. Fuck right. you. We're all getting on. I'm like, this We're is not Southwest. You have right. your own seat. Right. And then What's they all go up and they're like, you know, the ones who give the fucking ticket. And they're like, I'm sorry, you're group four. We and they're like, what? Your group. what? Oh, shit. It's like, fuck you, you fucking asshole. One time, though, listen to this. I got some lambasted because... I always think 
that there are people who act like they have some sort of, you know, need extra help. Mm-hmm. Just you know, to get on and the plane. they don't just to get on the plane. So I was like, oh, person, you know, and this person was so obnoxious and was like pushing and got on. And I was like, so annoyed. I'm like, what the fuck? And people were like, you don't know what her disability is. She could have it. You can't see it from the outside. I'm like, you're not allowed to question it. I know. And it's like, if you didn't fucking push me, I wouldn't have fucking been like, you're a fucking asshole. I I totally agree the way people, and I feel so sorry for flight attendants now. Because oh my they're God, fucking police officers. You yeah. know, JetBlue hires um, hires ex-police officers and firefighters and stuff. A lot of their really? um, flight attendants. Yeah, I was talking to one guy who was um, a, a lieutenant. Um, and I see him on my flights a lot. And he was like an NYPD. He was NYPD. And he retired and he does this. And it's like, thank God. Yeah. Because I fucking hate people. I really, well, I, I fly Delta. So it's always like one bitchy female flight attendant, oh. always one uppity gay guy. Those are the flight attendants on every. Oh Delta my God. Flight. That's right. <laughs> that is so true. That you is so what? fucking true. I'm here true. for it. But yeah, I mean, I travel with small children. So when everyone's like storming the gate or at the end, like of the flight, when everyone's just trying to like push off the plane, I'm like, you are fucking sitting behind me. I have a screaming three oh, month old. Let me I know. the damn plane. And if you, and don't put your fucking luggage all the way in the front when you first get on and then get yeah. mad. You know, you, I hate yeah. that. Uh, I fucking hate that. It's like, we're all getting off and you're not I just, know. you're two rows behind me and you're not getting off the perform and you fucking yeah. piece of fuck. Um, <laughs> you will you, wait and I will take my time. Do you, um, this is my final question. Do you, uh, do you do Benadryl with the kids on the plane? We never have. And you know what? This last time was such a disaster. My almost two-year-old was a fucking nightmare. And so we were like, you're on the no-fly list for a, at right. least a year. And then we might have to try this Benadryl thing. Yeah, the that, Benadryl. That's what we did. That's what we nightmare. did. Benadryl. I know. My Benadryl. mom's like, we used to just give you Benadryl. I'm like, can yeah. you do that anymore? Yes. Know. But the also, doctors now will tell you, they're like, it might not work. It might backfire and make them more energetic. And I'm like, is that a lie to stop us? From no, I, I have that opposite. Of, it has the opposite effect on me, but it's very rare. And okay. also- uh, until you have kids, you, I mean, you feel sorry for the parents when the fucking kid is acting like a mental patient, Yeah. even though it is annoying, but yes, I, know. I, I, I feel bad I know. for other people, but I always just feel worse for myself. So right. You know, you're like, me. shut up. <laughs> shut um, up stop kicking the seat in front of you. Fuck. Um, good luck with everything. Thank you. Good luck with the podcast. Good luck with the exercise studio. Good luck with the kids. Cause soon they're going to tell you you're the worst mother in the entire world. Oh, my five-year-old told me he hated me the other night. So I don't yeah, know when isn't that, that switch gra- flipped. Oh. I'm like, you oh, cost, yeah. well, you were a down payment on a house and now you hate me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, tell them that they ripped up your vagina and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's really healthy, but, uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank the you so much. This everything. was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with Laura Lee Abbey. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible, nor would I be alive without the help, dedication, and love. Not sure about that. Of Brittany Joe Sowards. If you like the show, which how could you not? I mean, it's me. Listen, if you haven't subscribed or left a review, like really, I need you to subscribe and leave a review. Five stars, five stars only because my Uber review 
is 4.49. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm really nice. I always tip. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm like, hi, how are you? I really try to be friendly. I can't fucking take it. Like, you cannot, it's, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right that they should give Uber reviews. You know, it's, it's so subjective. And I give them all five stars. I mean, unless they like take a stupid route or they're not wearing a mask or they're talking on the fucking phone or playing really loud. You know, like I really try, I want people to work, whatever. I have upcoming dates. February 2nd, if you're in New York City, I'm going to be doing an hour at the Fat Black Pussycat Lounge, which is part of the Comedy Cellar on West 4th Street. I'm going to be trying out some new material, but I'm going to also sprinkle in the old shit because, you know, I can't go without laughs for, you know, more than 35 seconds. So that's uh, February 2nd, March 10th. I'll be at City Winery in New York City. Uh, March 12th, I will be in New Hope, Pennsylvania, the Raz Room. March 26th, I will be in, at the Savoy Theater, the Raz Room at the Savoy Theater in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So, you know, if you want to see me live, which is quite an experience, I must say, there, you know, check it out. Or you can, you know what else you could do? You can go to my website, judygold.com. And while you're there, you could buy my book. Also, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. That's right, motherfuckers. I'm on TikTok now. Because my kids yelled at me and said I have to be on TikTok. And so I'm on TikTok. I think I'm doing well. Don't you think I'm doing well, Brittany? So uh, I'm at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, like Jew, because I'm a Jew. <laughs> I never talk about it, though. Anyway, so I hope... Uh, we don't have any more tragedies this week. Any more deaths of legendary comedians who were the nicest people in the world. I just, it's too much. So I'm, I'm hoping for that. If you are not boosted, get a fucking booster. If you're not vaxxed, don't even, I, just like leave me the fuck alone. Like, I don't even want to deal with you. You're disgusting. Wear a mask. Just, just, you know, just be safe because you know what? This has to go. I can't take it anymore. I mean, it, it's been two fucking years with this shit. All right, I wanted to end on a high note. Thank you all for listening. And if you're still listening, I, I fucking love you because I can't believe you're still fucking listening to me ramble on and on. So have a great week. Stay safe. And as we always say, so long.